Bringing you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Welcome, everybody. Hey. <laughs> everybody to the, uh, yeah, it's Tuesday, Tuesday, and it's, it's, uh, you know, we've got the waste management open going on the, the Phoenix open. They call it the people's, the people's open here all week long. And it's supposed to fucking rain the whole week, like like 12 days out of the year. You know, it's probably like 20, but still like so few days out of the year and the entire week is supposed to dump because of the atmospheric river that's coming through California right now. It's all cloudy and it's awesome but it's supposed to rain on like, and it's supposed to be like typically beautiful. You're like sitting in your shorts out on the grass, watching golf, drinking a beer, you know, and it's oh. a Thursday afternoon and like, you're just loving life. And it's supposed to be just cold and rainy. Yeah. Well, that better clear up before I get down there. Because I'm oh yeah. Me. It'll, yeah. It, it'll clear up. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's funny. That reminds me when we had the winter Olympics here in 1988, same, we had the same problem, but backwards where we always get tons of snow. And so we're great for the winter Olympics, but that year, of course, no snow. <laughs> so, you know, it was all fake. Anyway, yep. crazy. crazy how that goes. Yeah. Anyway, so, well, um, I guess the news is out. Uh, our good friend, Mike Abacastas, who we interviewed, I believe it was, it was last week on the third degree. He just announced that they have just its locations at the Willowbrook Pavilion Retail Center in Houston, Texas. So, uh, yay, congratulations. Now, they signed a new 10-year lease with the mall, and the space is about 70,000 square feet. So, yes, it, I mean, it's quite a big space. And I have never actually been to this location. I've been to mm. the other one, but not this one. Now, over the next 12 months, Game Time is going to be investing some money, and they're going to be overhauling the space to upgrade the gaming experience and elevate the food and beverage options. So they're going to be putting quite a bit of money in here to, you know, spruce things up and make them awesome. And what I thought was really interesting is that I feel like this acquisition really slid under the radar, and it didn't get as much attention as it should have. Like, to me, this is a big deal, and we need to keep an eye on their growth and their execution within the industry because they do things so differently, and they, they've they been on this really beautiful, slow climb, like that spin wheel. Like, I mean, if I had to find the perfect business model, I'd be like, these guys are doing it completely right, and Mike's philosophy is very, very different, and so... Uh, Again, just congratulations to him, I guess, and uh, and the company. And if you guys want to learn more about his philosophy, check out our last episode of The Third Degree. It was really great, really, really insightful. Yeah, it was really good. He was such a great guest and had, you know, he talked a little bit about his personal motivations and some of his history, but then obviously, you know, his unique approach to running an FEC and running an arcade. And he's got a lot of, uh, and, and, you know, even birthday parties to some extent. And so, you know, we have, yeah, we, we definitely dug in and he, provides a lot of good information. And yeah, I agree with you. This did slide under the radar. If this had been five-star attractions who had done it, uh, who'd like made this acquisition, then it'd be everywhere. And we all would have heard about it, but game time just keeps doing the steady, steady growth, acquiring a thing here, acquiring another thing here, just quietly building, uh, you know, the Abacastus empire. So I know, uh, I I love it. it. This brilliant silent type. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also like surprise on the world. (laughs) Anyway, congratulations to him again. Uh, all right. Okay. You know what? I thought it'd be fun. It's February 6th. Valentine's day is coming up and we haven't talked about Valentine's day stuff at all. 
And I thought, you know, this is the cutest promotion. This is actually brilliant. Have you ever done been done wrong by an ex or on uh, or a bad date or had a bad date with someone? Well, there is now a solution for this every Valentine's Day. So the San Antonio Zoo is running this fundraiser called Cry Me a Cockroach. I'm like, oh, this is just absolutely <laughs> awesome. Uh, where you can make a donation and the zoo will symbolically name a cockroach, a rat, or a vegetable after your ex or that not so special someone. <laughs> and they will help squash your past by feeding your selection to an animal resident at the zoo. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's like a true heartbreak healer, right? So donations are between five to $25, depending on what form of animal or thing you actually feed. So I think the cockroach was 10. And if you're feeding a rat, it's more like $25, which is hilarious. And uh, you put your name on the list, just the first name of people, not the last name. And then I think symbolically, like the zookeeper comes out, he's like, okay, here, David, or here, you know, uh, Christine, whatever, I'm going to feed you to this. Now, just for fun, I thought it'd be cool to have a little picture. So I went to chat GPT and I said, hey, can you make me a picture of a zookeeper feeding a cockroach named David to an crocodile and so this is what it came up with kind of creepy i found this amusing yeah he, he he might be the most psychotic zookeeper i've ever seen he also uh -huh. has an arm growing out of his back so you know classic chat gpt style he, you know you never know what you're going to get when to the limbs that you uh you know that you have there now san antonio zoo does some um, some pretty incredible fundraisers and promotional campaigns. They're super creative and they're, they, they do things wow. like this uh, on a regular basis. So um, okay. um, keep an eye on San Antonio Zoo if you're looking for really innovative, unique marketing ideas. Obviously, this is a way to raise funds, but you know, there's any number of ways that you could leverage something like this for you know, you're something not obviously feeding cockroaches to alligators, but something like this concept within you know, your own venues. Yeah, absolutely. Now I put the link down below, which is again, hard. So just Google San Antonio Zoo Climate Cockroach and you will get the page and uh, you can uh, make your donation. <laughs> it also might be the only time that you can get a tax deduction by buying insects. So uh, good to know. Go. Okay, yeah. go. Little little tax deduction, buying a rat to feed to a snake. I like it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, another place that also works with animals and is also very innovative when it comes to not just animal care, but, but the way they educate the public about animals is the Monterey Bay Aquarium in California, in Monterey, uh, California. And so they've recently developed a really unique way for visitors to feel empathy for wild animals and inspire their guests to care about protecting threatened species in nature. So they created this latest, uh, their latest exhibition. It's called Into the Deep, Exploring Our Undiscovered Ocean, and allows guests to explore Earth's cosmic oceans and experience some of the unusual and marvelous animals that live down there. And so this is, first of all, it's a large bilingual video game named Eat or Be Eaten, where players become avatars of deep sea creatures, and they try to survive the, the challenging environment of the midwater. So this is basically a seldom seen area. It's you know basically between sunlit water and the deep sea floor. So there's little or no sunlight. And this is like where you see those weird fish with like oh, the little yeah. light that dangles. And then um, big yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really creepy stuff. But, um, but there are predators and there are also dangerous microplastics that get down there because I, I didn't know this actually, but how they, f how they eat is um, there's like tiny little bits of food that the animals consume. That's called Marine snow. And it, it actually looks like snow, um, but, um, but mixed in it are microplastics. And so 
um, you know, they know that there's a relationship between people who have empathy for wildlife and wanting to protect that wildlife. And the aquarium was just looking for a way to help educate them. And so they basically landed at a video game. They said, because they realized that a lot of what they wanted to communicate is what gaming is trying to deal with and escape challenging environments. So Mm -hmm. they're trying to communicate, okay, how these, you know, you know, animals eat and like, what's a great way to do that? Oh, play a video game and put the, put the the guest in the perspective of that animal. And I think like that's that whole goal of trying to teach empathy for what their experience is by actually experiencing that. And so um, the, the players choose their avatar and then they control it at one of the four stations. So I'll pull up, uh, you know, here's what some kids playing, uh, playing it. And then here's like more of an example in the actual exhibition. You can see the little snow there uh, with the, with the, you know, the marine snow. And this is like where the microplastics are mixed in. And basically they control one of those four stations and they begin eating the white dots of marine snow. And they're told if it's a plant, uh, and in animal parts or if it's microplastics. And so the game lasts about a minute and then informs players if they ate enough food to survive and avoided consuming plastic. And so we said, actually, a lot of the visitors play the game more than once as they try to learn and experience. And so I just thought this was a, a great implementation of technology uh, to to help not just educate, but also build empathy. And like, why not try to do you know stuff like this more frequently in, in what we're doing? Yeah, that's really neat. Now, do they explain how the microplastics, like how that snow is created? Is it just like uh, it starts to break down in the water and then the snow gets created as pieces of it fall apart or start to biodegrade or such? Well, or? So the marine snow, the marine snow itself is actually like that's real food. Like it's animal parts and animals. And so like, you know, the animals above like you know, flakes and stuff come off. Like, you know, we like we rub off skin, that kind of stuff. Right. So like they <laughs> so it's basically, yeah, it's like all this like, you know, animal parts and different stuff that come down and then these, these animals consume it in whatever way they do. But mixed in with that are, you know, if we have all the plastic that's floating around in the ocean that begins to break down and then really small bits and mixes in with that, uh, what their normal food source, which is the marine snow. Okay. That all makes sense. Oh, that's so curious. Yeah. I had no idea, you know, and I, I love this kind of stuff too, because I find that for me personally, if I understand something in depth and a bit better then it drives me to be more engaged in fixing the problem, so to speak, rather than just kind of turning a blind eye to it. So good for yep. them. That's great. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. And I mean, brilliant for them to put it in an arcade game. Like, isn't that the medium that we communicate in almost now? Like, isn't everything yeah. going to be coming in arcade games? Isn't that how it's going to work? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, if Apple's Vision Pro has anything to say about it, maybe. But yeah. Mark that down. We need to talk about that tomorrow. We don't have time today, but let's talk about that tomorrow. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Speaking of plastics, <laughs> here we go. Did you know that you can do now? There's the first ever Lego escape room in Hong Kong that's open up at Lost Escape Rooms. It's op- or it's open until uh, now until June 30th of this year. And they've done a collaboration with Lego at the Lego City Police Prison Island. And they brought this to life with two different storylines that you can participate in. I thought this was neat that you can choose. So participants can either choose to be an inmate plotting to escape, which I think hands up, that's what I'd want to be. Or you can be a guard trying to prevent a jailbreak. Actually, no, I take that back. I want to try both positions to see how it goes. Now, the rooms are cleverly, they cleverly integrate Lego bricks as part of the puzzle uh, solving experience. And I have a little video, so let's just watch it. And uh, you can kind of see what it's all about. Now, I apologize because uh, this is uh, from this is the from China, and it's 
it's just, I find it a little bit different. <laughs> well, I, the, the, I, the first thing, there's a little music there. Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing that, like, is why, why is there just one kid? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, you demo, right. like, he's he's solving it all on his own. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and it, you, you kind of get a sense of what it'll look like, but not how the game is actually played. So anyway, thought, I thought it was neat. And then the other thing that I thought was really cool about it as well, just let it play here a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've seen this all now is that they have done a, a kind of a, a fun, different type of uh, incentive. So if you go and you book this and you play, you get a $50 coupon for a special Lego souvenir. And I thought that's pretty good, $50 for a Lego souvenir. So are you getting a box of Lego with that? And that's each ticket gets a $50 credit to get some Lego. Yeah. And they're limited, uh, you know, so I was reading about it too, they're limited edition. So it was like developed specifically for this, uh, for this escape room. So, um, so it's pretty unique. You can't, I'm sure you'll be able to buy it after market at some point, but you can't buy it just by going to the store on, you know, on Lego's website. So mm -hmm. yeah, super cool. Um, good use of IP. Um, you know, I, I wish we could see something like this pop up in the U S like I'd love to see escapology or somebody else like work with Lego and really do something interesting. Cause I think it would do very well here. Um, and, and I think it could be implemented a little bit, you know, a little bit more immersively as well. Mm -hmm. Like I was a little bit disappointed when I, when I watched that video, uh, a little bit disappointed in the, like the lack of like Lego theming that really was in there. Like obviously they used the Lego IP, but like not a whole lot of Lego theming. And anyway, I was hoping to like be a little bit more immersive there. So let's shoot a challenge out there. Somebody else needs to take this on and build a better Lego escape room. Yes, exactly. <laughs> know. We want to well, know. And I don't know what they did, but like they have a promotional video, like a Lego promotional video. That's actually like the, if you ever watch the Lego movies, you know, so it they actually have Lego promotional video, which is all in Chinese. So you can't, um, you know, you can't yeah. understand it. Uh, well, people who speak it can, I couldn't understand what he was saying. Um, but like the, the animation was like done by Lego, like Lego animation or whatever. It was done very well. Uh, so like they must've spent some real money. And so, you know, again, like I'd feel like it was a little bit of a, um, like a, Oh shoot! I'm going blank on the term, but anyway, getting me there, expecting to be a more immersive Lego experience, and then it's more like just an escape room with some Legos here and there. So anyway, that's yeah, my one downside. It wasn't as well done as you thought it was going to be, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, so another place that I think is trying to be pretty, uh, pretty immersive and themed. They actually don't open until March 9th, but I wanted to talk about them now because I think what they're doing is really interesting, and I would love to have. Um, I'd love to be able to see a little bit more about what, what they're doing. So my size city, they are, uh, you know, basically opening up in, uh, Quaker town. So, you know, Quaker town, which is in, uh, which is like the Pittsburgh area. Uh, so they're replacing or they're, they're coming in and, and replacing an existing facility. Uh, but they're basically like a small indoor children's play space. It's got seven playhouses, a little story time, area and toddler play area. And they're going to be doing their grand opening events on the 9th, but basically at their event, which like I think they're doing some really interesting things or partnering with some local people. There's going to be Rita's Italian ice cart there, goodie bags packed with uh, things from like Bluey, Rita's ice guy and Quinby, the saving squirrel. So they're working with a local, um, uh, I'm going blank on words, credit union, 
called or a local bank called QNB Bank. And they have this like little guy called the Quinby, the saving squirrel. And so they're going to have people there doing that. And it's a 7,200 square foot space. And I'll pull up a couple of you know pictures here. There's not a whole lot because they're still under construction that I could find. Um, but this is an example inside. The different oh, yeah. playhouses are actually like places for the kids to go in and play. And I remember with my, with my kids growing up, there was, we had the Phoenix children's museum and we would take them to the Phoenix children's museum and their favorite room. Cause they, you know, different rooms, different exhibits, their favorite exhibit space was the one that had the grocery store and had the bank and had the police mm-hmm. station and they could pretend being little humans mm-hmm. and going around or little adults and going around and like pretending. And like, it's amazing to watch how these kids would just, immediately start cooperating and like one of them would be checking out the food and then another kid would like come up with a grocery cart and like start handing food and like these two kids don't know each other but they immediately start cooperating and creating this um this this world together co-creating this world that they exist and live in and so this is what i think my uh you know the my city this is an example of one that actually is built um so this is their post office and people can go in and they, the kids can go in and play in these different areas so it's like a little city you know with different uh, different things set up for the kids yeah it's neat like I've, I've seen a few of these concepts coming out lately and I, i'm just curious to know how exciting this would be for kids now isn't this kind of like kidsania it's a, yeah, it's a little bit like Kidzania, but this I think is you know because they're really targeting a one to eight year old. Uh, so they're I didn't had mentioned that, but they're targeting one to eight years old here. Where Kidzania is tries to be a little bit more organized around their education. Where this is just I think open play. Um, okay. You know they've got a fire station, a post office, grocery store, animal hospital, theater stage, construction site, and then they actually did partner a corporate sponsor with Rita's Frozen Custard Shop, um, mm-hmm. and you know it's like a little mini Rita's like you saw there. Yeah, um, and it, there isn't actually any true food and stuff for sale, right? It's all kind of fake, putting stuff in the fake containers or. Yeah, so this is what I don't know. So wh- when I was reading about the article, they actually said that the the Rita's Italian Ice and Frozen Custard, for example. They're they're um, they're actually partnered with the Quaker Town location, and now I don't know. Maybe the owners of this also own that Rita's, and this is why they have this partnership. Um, but the children, it says, will be able to scoop the custard and serve the ice and wear Rita's aprons. Oh. I don't I don't That's- know if that means that or if it's like fake custard, right? Like little fake scoops and that kind of thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, there would have to be some. Uh- uh, health or what is, what is it called again? Safety, health and safety issues, right? You know, um, it'd be so hard to manage. I would think like everyone's wanting to put their hands on the ice cream, but we need to wash them. Nobody picked their nose. Oh, you know, this, that, all that fun stuff, right? Oh, nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I think. Like it's gotta be fake custard yeah. and, and ice and everything else. And one thing they did mention is that there'll be no televisions, digital screens or electronic devices incorporated in the facility. So Again, they're really just trying to make it all about play and interactivity and and co-creation. Yeah, I love I love and I love these city settings too. Like in Calgary, we have a place called Heritage Park, which is kind of like olden school, you know, like they've got the dirt roads. You can go into the old houses and you can buy like the old fashioned candy, see the old fashioned antiques. And it is honestly a hoot. I remember just going there as a kid and absolutely adoring the place, right? Because you get to pretend like what was it like to live back in those days? And as a kid here, you get to actually be growing up because they all want to be growing up. So I say pause on that. Just wait. You Nobody needs to grow up too fast, but (laughs) fun experience. Sounds like a neat place, actually. 
Yeah, absolutely. And because I rag on websites a lot, I just want to bring up their website. And while I'm not a you know not a big fan of their logo design or their general design of the website, what I did want to call out, which I think is good, and we talk about this a lot. Now, Grant, remember they don't open till March 9th, but they have their website. Their website is live. Now I can't see a whole lot about the experience I'm going to get there. Okay, that's fine. But what are they doing? This is like one of the top things I always say. You can book now and you can buy tickets for the grand opening celebration. Use that website, use that marketing, send them to your website to pre-sell tickets before you open. Like this is like, while I'm not a fan of everything else they're doing on their website, this is key and they're nailing this part. And so this is absolutely something that, you know, when you're doing a grand opening, sell tickets to the grand opening, get people excited about it, get your website up early. Yeah. Bravo. Well done. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> five stars from us. <laughs> I love it. We should have awards. Anyway, <laughs> that was great. All right. Well, that wraps up our daily show for today. So as usual, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. See y'all tomorrow.